Hello, welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Horizon Church in Allentown, Pennsylvania. We want to help people connect with God and connect with each other. If you'd like to know more about us, you can go to our website at horizonconnect.org. Enjoy. By uh, going to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> oh, gracious Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you for this time this morning, a time of fellowship together, both in real time and uh, virtually, Lord. We just thank you for the, the gifts to be able to, during this time of sheltering in place, to be able to have uh, the blessing and the gifts of the technology that, that uh, provide congregation in general and even folks that uh, don't attend Horizon to be able to see and hear the Word of God. So our Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the tech team this morning that's put this all together, uh, Lord, and the worship team that uh, rehearses faithfully every week, Lord. I just give thanks to them and praise. Now, Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would fill me with your spirit as I bring the Word to folks this morning, Lord. I just pray that uh, everything that I say is truly from you, uh, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, liberty, the true freedom. So when we think of the word liberty this time of year, oftentimes one of the first things I think of is the Liberty Bell. Okay? And um, for those of you who are native Allentonians, okay, most of you probably know that in 1777, Allentown had a claim to fame because they took the Liberty Bell out of Independence Hall and uh, loaded it on a wagon and schlepped it all the way up to our hometown of Allentown here. Now, mind you, this was before the Northeast Extension, so I'm imagining that that trip took a few, a few days for sure, okay? And I wouldn't have wanted to been on that crew that had to kind of hoist it down from the chimney and load it into the wagon for sure. Hurts my back just to think about that as well. Um, uh, but that, right up the street here on Hamilton Boulevard, in, in, they hid it under the floorboards of the Zion Reformed Church. And there's actually a museum down there that you can, you can go to. Has, how many people here today have been to the museum? Okay, a good, a good number. A, a funny story about that is when I was a child growing up in, in the city of Allentown, we um, uh, heard a lot about this in history class in, in, in the classrooms. However, as a family, we never visited the museum, okay? Uh, until my father got transferred to Arkansas and we moved down there. And we came back to visit our relatives. When we came back to visit our relatives, then I guess we had tourist status, and so we went and saw the museum. So, uh, you know, and a lot of other things that we had not visited locally because uh, I guess we, if you live here, you take it for granted. Okay. So, um, the Liberty Bell, interesting, some interesting history about the Liberty Bell. The Liberty Bell was actually commissioned by the Pennsylvania Assembly in 1701, um, and it was to honor the 50th anniversary of William Penn's Charter of Privileges. Now, the Charter of Privileges was actually Pennsylvania's 
original constitution. And it highlighted a lot of William Penn's thinking on religious freedom. He was a Quaker, of course, if you'll recall. His, his thoughts and ideas on religious freedom, his liberal stance on Native American rights, and his inclusion of citizens in enacting the law. So the Charter of Privileges actually has a lot of that uh, sentiment in it and values uh, written into it. The inscription on the Liberty Bell to proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all habitants thereof was actually chosen by the Assembly Speaker of the House, whose name was Isaac Norris. He, like Penn, was a Quaker. It comes, that statement comes from Leviticus 25.10 in the Old Testament and refers to the sabbatical cycle of seven years times seven, which is 49. And the law instructs on the 50th year after those 49 years to have a year of jubilee. Now, jubilee, actually the word jubilee comes from the um, Hebrew word for ram's horn because to start that celebration, they would blow the ram's horn, thus starting the jubilee. And so the law instructs the Jewish people in the 50th year to release their indentured servants to free them, or slaves, so that they could return to their land. And it also called for all to be released from their debts. So... That's where that reference comes from. And so Norris, when he came up with that, when he chose that scripture, he was really kind of uh, being quite creative uh, with his references because uh, the first more subtle connection is the Jubilee's 50 years cycle. And he was celebrating the 50th anniversary of Penn's charter. The other reference to the proclaim liberty being the reference to Penn's values of religious freedom. So many of our founding fathers also um, valued liberty, and we see this in the one passage in the uh, Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, very high ideals to follow as a country. And I think probably when we think back patriotically, these are the kinds of values that make us proud to be Americans although they, vary, they are very, very high attributes. And as a nation, we've not always been successful in achieving those. I think also of the, the Pledge of the Allegiance, growing up as a child, if, if I see some gray hair around here, so probably a lot of you, <laughs> that was a, a daily thing during the school year to start the day with the Pledge of the Allegiance. Uh, and that was actually written in 1892 by Francis Bellamy. And it was adopted by Congress in 1942 
and in 1954 they added the words under God. And so, so those of you who are here, can you remember, we'll, we'll, we'll recite that. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And again, that for all part, as part of a nation, has not always been really true. And you know, I think we're, we're on the cusp right now of really kind of breaking through that. There's a lot more conversations, and as Luke brought up uh, today, those conversations, I think, are going to be a big part of that for us here at Horizon Church as well. But it's, it's great to see some of that truth coming out. It's great that, that people are starting to speak up about that as well and confront this. It's not easy work. There's a lot that goes on deep down inside, lots of feelings. However, I think that we're on the cusp of, of, of some great things in our country, and I'm very excited about that. So just before we move on about liberty, a few more fun facts about the Liberty Bell. Of course, the Liberty Bell wasn't its first name. It wasn't commissioned with that name in mind. It was just simply known as the State House Bell. It was originally cast in England at the Whitechapel Foundry. And there's some vagueness historically about all the, the cracks and what have you that happened, but they believe that actually it cracked before they even really got it up into the tower. They had hung it on that wooden board that you had seen in the picture, and they rang it just to test it out, and the first clap of the clapper cracked the bell. Um, and they kind of thought it was due to, to uh, being bronze. It's a mixture of, of metals, and, and that it was just a little too brittle. So the assembly uh, decided that they were going to go local with this, and John Pass and John Stowe had a foundry in Philadelphia, so they commissioned them to recast the bell. So that involved breaking the bell up, and, and melting it down and put, pouring it uh, into a, a second bowl. So they did the second casting, and when the assemblymen heard the bell, they didn't like the sound. They didn't like the sound of the bell. So Pass and Stowe recast the bell a second time. So now this is the third casting of this bell, if you're keeping track, okay? And when they did that, again, the assemblymen still weren't happy with the sound. So they went back to the original uh, foundry in England, Whitechapel, and uh, uh, asked them to uh, recast the bell as well. I don't know if it was wa warranted back then. I don't know if they had warranties back then or not. But anyway, they, they called them into the, to, to play. And the bell was recast in Whitechapel, shipped back here. And guess what? The assemblymen still weren't happy with the sound of the bell. But they decided since the old Stowe um, and Pass Bell was up in the, in, the, in the steeple that they wouldn't bother putting the, the new one up there. They would just keep that one. And they used the uh, new Whitechapel Bell in another building in, in Philadelphia somewhere. These assemblymen, I don't know. Politicians really haven't changed very much in 269 years, have they? 
Okay. Another little fact is that on the inscription in the bell, when it has the word Pennsylvania, back then, actually, they um, spelled Pennsylvania with just one N. Okay. Um, interesting fact. The bell rang often during its functioning in lifetime. It rang for the deaths of Ben Franklin, George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, and Thomas Jefferson. It rang for the very last time to celebrate George Washington's birthday in February of 1846. As history kind of has it that it, it rang on July 4th at the signing of the Declaration of Independence, that prob historians probably believe that that probably did not happen because they do know for a fact that the steeple in the house, state uh, house building at that time was under repair, so making it very unlikely that the bell was in use at that time. So those are just some fun Liberty Bell facts for you. So let's think about again, what is liberty? I think most of us equate liberty with freedom. And especially this time of year, we think of our country, the home of the free and the brave. The dictionary defines it this way. Liberty, noun. The state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. Two, the power or scope to act as one pleases. So by definition, by strict definition, it means pretty much we can do whatever we want. Right? Well, maybe not, okay? Maybe yes, maybe no. There's, often, there's an often quoted, uh, often stated quote that the right to swing my fist ends where the other man's nose begins. Anybody ever heard, hear that? This quote has actually been attributed to many uh, historical figures over the years, uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., John Stuart Mill, and even Abraham Lincoln. But the earliest version the historians could come up with were speeches delivered by John B. Finch, who was the chairman of the Prohibition National Committee for several, several years in the 1980s and died in, in 1887. The quote was used frequently the, by the prohibitionists to make their case. As you can read, this is a next slide is, is the, the leading argument uh, uh, for one of the uh, a speech given by a, a, a prohibitionist. The only leading article argument urged by anti-prohibitionists in this campaign for keeping open the bar rooms is personal liberty. A great man, referring to Finch, said, your personal liberty to swing your arm ends where my nose begins. A man's personal liberty to drink whiskey and support bar rooms ends where the rights of the family and the community begin. Well, we know the history of prohibition. Um, but Finch makes a point here for responsible exercise of our liberties. Do we have the freedom to behave as we please? Of course we do. We live in a free country. But only to the point 
where it starts to infringe on another person's freedoms. So let's kind of dig into the scriptures a little bit and see what it tells us about liberty or being free. So if we start at the very beginning of the Bible, because freedom is a, a theme throughout the course of the whole Bible, if we look in Genesis chapter 3, we read about the fall of man. You all know this story. Adam and Eve were created by God with free will, and he were placed in this beautiful garden. And they had free reign. They could eat from anything but one tree, the tree of knowledge of right and wrong. But instead of following God's instruction, they disobeyed and got booted out of the garden. And ever since, we all have had to suffer the consequences of our sinful behavior. Though Adam and Eve were free to choose, they learned that consequences, there are consequences for all our choices. When we make responsible choices, we experience positive consequence. When we make irresponsible choices, we experience negative consequences. So our freedom comes with responsibility. As one mows through the Bible, we kind of see the theme start to develop over and over again. Israel turns from God, become enslaved, and then return to God and become free again. First with Egypt, then Assyria, Babylon, and on up to the time of Jesus Christ, Rome. But they all point to the eventual salvation through Jesus Christ. So we read in Luke 4, 16 through 21, and this is the recounting of when Jesus was, was, was in the temple and starting his ministry, and they give him uh, the scroll of Isaiah. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So Jesus was the bridge from the Old Covenant to the New. He came to set us free from the oppression of our sins. He came to set us right with God again. You must remember that, again, in Jesus' time, they really thought that he was going to deliver them from the oppression of Rome. But instead, he came to set us free from our own sins. Then in John 8, 31, 36, we read, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples 
if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. So Jesus is telling us, if you believe in him and remain faithful to his teachings, you will know the truth. So ask yourselves this. Ask yourselves, have I remained faithful today to Jesus' teachings? Do I know the truth? Because if you haven't and you don't, you're not really free. Paul says in Galatians 5, 13, 14, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nation, nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So here again, Paul is just telling us that we are only truly free when we use that freedom responsibly to serve one another in love. Many Christians like to consider our, our nation a Christian nation. I think sometimes we have to be very careful that we don't besmudge that name with our behaviors. And sometimes, again, we're not always acting and following Jesus Christ in our actions, in our deeds, in our love for one another. You know, in this time of bipartisan and divisive politics, it's so easy to become a slave to the news. But Jesus tells us, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, to God the things that are God. We, my friends, report to a higher power and one fine and glorious day, we'll get to meet our Creator face to face. Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. The only way to true freedom, and that freedom is given freely. We only need to acknowledge our brokenness, our being slaves to sin, and to choose to follow Jesus daily. Then, and only then can we be truly free. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the blessing of being born in this country where we're free to worship you without fear of persecution. Our Heavenly Father, I 
lift up to those around the world because we know we have brothers and sisters who are around the world who don't enjoy that freedom. And indeed, they lose their lives for it. So our Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, again for the blessings of being in this country. I ask that you would bless this country. I ask that you would bless our leadership, Lord, that you would give them great discernment, and especially in the months and years ahead, Lord. So our Heavenly Father, I thank you for Horizon Church. I thank you for Bud and the ministry, all the ministries here at Horizon Church. And now uh, I ask these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank you.